Welcome to another podcast from Birmingham Hippodrome, a stage for the best in the world. Okay, so we're talking with uh, Birmingham Royal Ballet Principal Dancer Ian Mackay. Um, so first of all, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be at BRB and what your journey was before? Uh, BRB, so I was in, I had trained in Scotland until I was 16. And then from Scotland I went to Royal Ballet School. Uh, so I was there for two years. And in my second year, David Bentley offered me a job with the Birmingham Royal Ballet which of course I accepted. Uh, so yes, I joined when I was 18 and I've been here for... And have you ever had you ever been to Birmingham before you came down? I'd worked as a student with the company, but I hadn't, uh, I didn't know the city really well. But uh, yeah, I quite liked it though straight away because I always find for me, like I, I liked London, but it was always too much, it was too busy for yeah. me. It was always crazy. And Birmingham was a slightly more laid back um, paste it, which I, I immediately liked. Yeah. And uh, this season you're dancing the beast in Beating the Beast. Yep. Uh, can you tell us just a bit more about David Bintley's interpretation of the story and how it might be different to what people expect, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, it's not um, it's not your Disney version of it. It's, it's a darker tale. But, the ca- I mean, the ca- there's a lot of comedy in the ballet as well. There is, there is a, a comedy scenes, but it's certainly portrayed as a, as a darker fairy tale. Mm. Um, the part of the beast is is pretty demanding to play. You start off with the prince who's then has the, the spell put upon him, turned in, transformed into a beast. And then, yeah, for the rest of the ballet, we basically dance in a beast suit, which yeah. is uh, <laughs> fully padded, heavy, furry costume. So... <laughs> it's quite demanding to dance in it. Physically, and do you have a mask as yeah, well? Yeah, you have a mask as well, which when we... Because I was one of the originals, we, when we first got it done, we had, uh, it was cast to our face, so it was moulded right. on. So, yeah, you have a mask on. You, you can see, well, the masks are really good, um, but the costume is so heavy. Mm. You sweat buckets in it. I mean, and it's from start to finish. I mean, you do physically, it's really demanding. There was I didn't I didn't ever do it, but a lot of guys when we first started doing it, they weighed themselves before, really and on average they were losing about eight pounds in the two hours. Oh my god! From sweat alone, yeah. pretty much. So would you say it's one of the harder principal roles to dance because of that? Yeah, as the pas de deux are really hard as well. There's sort of there's two or three big pas de deux that we have. There's two big pas de deux and a couple of smaller ones, uh, and the. The dynamic of the parade changes because you have got this beast costume mm. on, especially for the one at the end of Act One. You've got this beast costume on, so a lot of the things in the studio when you're trying it and your trackies and a t-shirt and the girls in a leotard, it's easy. Yeah. But then you get another five, six layers of padding on, and it becomes really demanding. So, yeah. So yeah, the costume certainly doesn't help. And um, going back to yourself, you joined BRB in 99 mm-hmm. and then went away and then came back. Yeah. What made you come back? What was the... I went away, uh, so I was in Birmingham, I think, for nine years. And then, and I was principal, David made principal, I was dancing everything, I'd done a lot of roles. Uh, um, and I, I got an opportunity, came about through 
the ballet world being so small, someone was looking for a dancer for a new company in Spain, wanted a tall classical prince. Uh, so that came along and it just seemed like the right time for me to to try somewhere else. Mm. You know, I'd been here since I was 18 and I loved it here. I really loved it. I liked it so much that it was so comfortable and I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed the company, I enjoyed the rehearsals, I enjoyed the rep. Um, and this came along and it just seemed like a really good time to, to try something else. Uh, and I was there for two years and after about the f the, a year and a half in, I came back to Birmingham to guest with uh, Serrano and David's production. Right. And, um, uh, and I, I started to miss it. I missed, um, I missed working with David and having a director as a choreographer like David Bentley and someone that's so passionate about his work. I mm. miss that. I miss being in the studios where... It was, you know, there was so much detail and energy put into creating new ballets. Um, and I came back and David had created another new ballet and it was EMC Squared. And I was like, it was really cool, I really liked it, it was different. And I thought, oh, I miss being part of that. And can you just tell us a bit more about your day-to-day -day routine as a dancer at BRB as well? What's the typical day? The typical day is usually into the theatre around... 9.30, quarter to 10, uh, warm up for class, maybe some Pilates or um, some gym work uh, and then we have class from 10.30 to 12, which is a, another balletic warm up but it's a, a structured class we do every day um, and then from 12 till 6.30 we rehearse. And it depends what we're doing at the moment. I'm, we're rehearsing sort of the Triple Bill and Beauty and the Beast, so it's really changing. So 12 to 1.30 today, I've had Miracle and the Gorbals. The next rehearsal, I have one of the Triple Bill pieces, and then from 5 to 6.30, I have Beauty and the Beast. So it's really... And I suppose that all changes then when you have performances it as well, It changes, it changes. The, even the schedule changes daily. And when we, when we start performing, you're in the theatre from 10 in the morning till 10 at night mm. with breaks, obviously. But that's what kind of keeps it interesting, you know. I've been, I was injured the whole of the whole second half of last season, and I was just doing physio and rehab, and and it's not what I want to do, especially mm. at the point I'm, I'm at the later stages in my career. And for me, what's what I want to do is perform. Yeah. And I want to rehearse, and I want to be in the studio dancing. So, yeah, it's a long day, but it's I'm lucky that I enjoy what I do. So. Definitely. And one uh, last thing, what we like to ask people is: there, is there anything that you keep with you on tour or in your dressing room that you have to have, like you take with you everywhere? I always have my mobile phone with pictures of my my wife and my children on them, things like that. It's always handy to have. I have one really stupid. It's I wouldn't say it's a lucky charm because if I don't have it, which I've not had before, I don't all of a sudden go, "Oh my God, I don't have my lucky charm." It's not that obsessive, but. I, I was, I was given this little marble elephant by Natalia Makarova when I did a, a performance with her, one of her ballets, and uh, but all the legs have fallen off it, like, so I literally have to keep gluing the legs back on. I think he's lost a trunk and three legs, so we've just got one leg and a tail. But, but that's always in my makeup bag for some reason, so anyway. But, but no, apart from that. Has the elephant got a name or not? No, he doesn't. Oh. He's barely got. He's barely got a body anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's barely got anything. Well, that brings us to the end. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. No worries, man.
Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit our website at birminghamhippodrome.com.